Be seated, please. David makes his very famous declaration, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, we don't have a real strong understanding of the concept of shepherd in our culture. Because we don't, we have farms here. And so I'm afraid when I hear shepherd, I'm thinking farmer who has sheep on his farm. That's not what a shepherd is. A shepherd in this culture was somebody who was 100% responsible for the welfare of his sheep. And he would take those sheep and they would journey. They would move from place to place because it was the shepherd's job to always find fresh pasture for them to graze in. It was the shepherd's job to make sure they had fresh water. And a flock of sheep could very quickly wear out a place of ground, a piece of ground. And so as they wore out a piece of ground or or had uh, uh, exhausted its resources, he must be keeping his eyes open for fresh pasture. He must also be aware of where the fresh water is. He must also be aware of keeping the predators away, keeping his sheep safe. He must also be aware of a a sheep that might go astray. He must also be aware, excuse me, of the health of his sheep. So there's a lot going on, and I say again with all that in mind, that the shepherd's job was to keep, to take total care. He was 100% in charge of the welfare of his sheep. And with that description in mind, hear David say, the Lord is my Shepherd. Understand, David knew very well what he was saying because he grew up as a shepherd. He was the youngest of eight sons, and he very often got stuck with this job of taking care of the sheep. Many times it put him in danger, it kept him out among nature, kept him under the skies at night to kept him out in the field in the elements at night and David knew about being a shepherd and David said the Lord is my shepherd I want you to hear that statement in a maybe a little bit different light for a minute can you hear David say I choose for the Lord to be my shepherd I'm not trying to pick a fight with somebody who wants to discuss election and all that stuff. That's not what I'm after this morning. But I'm afraid that maybe we hear this as if we're supposed to be waiting for the Lord to show up and shepherd us. But the fact is we each choose who the shepherd of our life is going to be. Everybody has a shepherd that they're counting on. But there's only one good shepherd. 
Some of us count on ourselves to be our own shepherd. I'll coach myself. I'll take care of myself. I'll lead myself. Some of us put all of our confidence in another person or another idea or concept. Some people make education their shepherd, and I'm all for education, but it's not my shepherd. Some people make wealth their shepherd, and I'm all for for, uh, working hard and taking good care of your money and make as much money as you can, but don't make wealth your shepherd. Some people make physical fitness, and I, in theory, am for physical fitness, though I am not the picture of physical fitness, but I'm for it. The Bible says that that, uh, bodily exercise profiteth little, and sometimes that's used to bash exercise. It does say it profits. Stay in shape. I'm all for that. But it's not my shepherd. I want to make the Lord my shepherd. And everyone in this room, you have the choice to make. So David is saying, I have chosen to make the Lord my shepherd. Now, answer this question. If you have any doubts about that, consider, was ever, did everybody that David know make the Lord their shepherd? No. There are plenty of people that we're told about in the Bible who were contemporaries of David who had no time for God. God had no place in their life, had no place in their priorities. So David wasn't boasting He was giving honor and glory to God to say, I have chosen to make the Lord my shepherd. Talent might be your shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. Power, authority, opportunity, ambition might be your shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. Do you get that? David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have chosen to make the Lord, the leader of my life. Then he goes into detail. Well, first he he tells his decision. I have made the Lord my shepherd. And then he gives the result of that decision in four simple words. I shall not want. Now I go back to those childhood days I described during the Lord's Supper. I remember hearing that as a kid thinking that it meant the Lord is my shepherd that who, who I don't want. I don't want him. And I, boy, I couldn't figure that one out as a kid. That, that, I'm, I, I don't get that. What does that mean? The word want has been used in years past to mean lack. I lack nothing. You, it, to say that you lack nothing, you would say, I want Nothing. Nowadays, to lack nothing and want nothing mean complete, two completely different things. But the word want would mean in days gone by, lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I, so here's what he's saying. The decision is, I've made the Lord my shepherd. The result is, I lack nothing. That's pretty good. The Lord is my shepherd. That's my decision. The result, I lack nothing. And then he goes on. The whole rest of the chapter is giving us examples of what he doesn't lack. And that's what I want to share with you quickly, and we'll be finished. Let me share with you what he says he doesn't lack because he's made the Lord his shepherd. Number one, verse two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, by the way, 
This, this psalm has been taken apart and, and exegeted and broken down, and entire books have been written about these six verses. And so, to try to put it in a very brief sermon, I'm going to miss a lot. And I get that. So if you're going, well, pastor, actually, you, 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 you put a lot into one point there. That's for sake of time and understanding. So I'm going to, I'm going to confess or plead guilty on that point going in here, that, that I'm combining sometimes two or three concepts into one. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. First of all, David is saying, I have made the Lord my shepherd, and he gives me provision. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A verse that I learned as a, as a child in Sunday school, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And if you read the context, it means all your needs shall be added unto you. One of the greatest lessons I've learned in 49 years is that when you put God first, he meets your needs. When you put God first, he meets your needs. doesn't mean you can be irresponsible. doesn't mean you can be a couch potato and still expect all your bills to be paid. It doesn't mean that. It means when you put God, when you're, when you're, it does say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, part of the kingdom of God and his righteousness is to be a responsible person. Part of the kingdom of God and his righteousness is to work hard, to be diligent, be faithful. But when you do those things and you're putting him first in your priorities, putting him first in your priorities, sometimes it leads you to make a decision where you go, you know what, if I put God first there, that's going to that's gonna cut away a little bit of income. Hey, when you put God first and God convicts you that, man, I need to be <clears throat> giving the first 10% of all my increase to God, as the Bible says. You know, that doesn't work out on paper. That's not going to help me. That's where you have to rely on his promise. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And you find out when you make the Lord your shepherd, he provides. David said, I've chosen to make the Lord my shepherd. Let me tell you another result of that. Verse 3, he restoreth my soul. Not only does he provide he gives me strength. Second Corinthians verse four, verse number uh, chapter four, verse number sixteen. Get this: if you've never heard this verse before, it's powerful. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The older you get, the more physical ailments there are. I've got my foot under control and and uh my eyesight is very that's why from here i can look right at you not not i'm I, it's it's bad enough that i can't necessarily tell who you are <clears throat> if you've got a distinguishing characteristic like a bald head that helps me that's kevin right there i can see him but but i, I honestly i can know you and look at you from here and maybe not recognize who you are i've got an appointment at the end of the month uh the end of the next month, that's how backed up they are, and, and hopefully they're going to fix that. But it's one after another, and especially with diabetes. I know it's not going to end. I'm, I'm trying to get the, the everything under control and keep it under control, but I know I'm going to be fighting battles the rest of my life. But you know what? Though our outward man perish, this old body's dying, it's decaying. 
And by the way, it's been decaying since the day I was born. We're not living, folks. We're dying. <laughs> you sound like a downer, Pastor. No, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is perishing, but what's on the inside, the strength that comes from the inside is getting stronger and stronger all the time. He gives me strength. He restores my soul. David said, I made the Lord my shepherd. He gives me direction. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Can I say this? You look at folks in the church and you go, man, I wish my family were as, were, 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 you know, as strong as their family is, or I wish my career were as strong as their career is, or I wish <clears throat> whatever. You, just, I, I, you know, I wish things could turn. Well, folks, it's not a matter of wishing. It's a matter of following the Lord's direction. You're going to need the Lord's direction. You know, if you're 10 or 12 or 15 years old, direction does not sound like an important thing. You know, there's a certain part of us that think that, all of us that thinks that money just cures everything. I don't need direction. I just need money. No, you're going to come to places in your life. You're going to have to choose. Some of you that are still in high school, you're going to come to a place where you're going to be enticed. Somebody's going to try to entice you to drop out of high school because there's an opportunity that you need to take now. You're going to finish high school, and you're going to have to make decisions after high school. And by the way, the choices that we make after high they're not the same for everybody. Everybody's circumstances are different. God's plan for everybody is different. But you're going to need the Lord's direction. And the longer you live, the more you're going to need the Lord's direction. And he said, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And it reminds me of the promise that God makes in Proverbs 3, 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. David said, I made the Lord my shepherd. Not only does he give me provision, not only does he give me strength, all the strength I need, all the direction I need, but number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Number four, he gives me protection. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. One of my favorite protection promises in the Bible. He gives me protection. It doesn't mean that he keeps me from every bad thing. It means that he keeps me, and when he sees fit for a bad thing to touch my life, he knows that it will help me. It's very important for us to understand that about protection. When I'm in a scary circumstance, bad weather, or, or something like that, I mean really bad weather where you go, oh, man, this is scary. Give it to God, and give it to God, and give it to God, and know this. Nothing bad's going to happen here unless God knows it needs to happen. Sometimes difficult things need, need to happen to a child of God. Now, look, if you're not living under God's protection, then your whole life's just random. But if you're living under God's protection, he's got you covered. Once in a while, he knows there needs to be a conflict that's going to do something in your life that he knows needs to be done. But even there, you're under his protection. He's got me protected. Not only that, he said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What is that? That's instruction. That's that, that uh, stick with the hook in the end that the shepherd carries. And every once in a while, it's used to pull a sheep back. And they, the sheep may not want to be pulled back, but the sheep may not be smart enough to realize that he was about to step off of a 
10-foot drop. And so the rod and the staff, it's not very comforting to have a hook around your neck that goes, ah, that's not very comforting. What's comforting is to know that your shepherd uses it to your advantage. He gives me instruction. Number six, oh, by the way, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. This is the rod and the staff right here. Not only that, he gives me peace. Verse 5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now notice he doesn't say that I won't have enemies. The child of God is going to have enemies, going to have people that, that gang up on you, people that, that uh, try to bring you down. There's no escaping that in life, and especially as a Christian. Jesus said that if they hate me, they're going to hate you too. But he gives you peace in the midst of it. Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He gives me peace. Not only that, he says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Number seven, he gives me cleansing. Sheep are going to get dirty. We live in a filthy world. I'm talking morally. We live in a morally filthy world. There's no way that you're going to go to work every day and not have your mind attacked and affected by filth. There's no way. You can't even go to the store without having your mind infiltrated with filth and garbage. The music that is playing, the magazines that are at the checkout counter. uh, I mean, you you pump the gas for crying out loud, and they're putting commercials up on a screen in front of you. And and never, and and used to be that that commercials were sort of a safe zone. Now, uh, sometimes you've got to turn off the commercials because they're the worst thing on television. You can't live in this world without being made filthy. But praise the Lord, your shepherd will cleanse you. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He gives me cleansing. Cleansing. First John 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only that, and I love this one, and I wish I had time to go a whole hour on this, but don't worry, I won't. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He gives me victory. You know what I believe that's saying right there? Surely goodness, that's good things, and mercy, that's good things that I don't deserve. I'm not getting the bad that I deserve. Instead, I'm getting goodness. And it says they will follow me. All the days of my life. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It sounds like that if I will follow the shepherd, he'll make what follows me always be good. That to me sounds like the Romans 8.28, the Old Testament right there. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life as long as I'm following the shepherd. And lastly, he gives me eternal life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. By the way, sure sounds to me that if the Lord is your shepherd, if you're one of his sheep, you're going to heaven and nothing's going to change that. 
I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, I want you to notice, notice this. This is that we're almost done here. The only thing that David does in Psalm 23 is choose the Lord as his shepherd. God does everything else. God gives him strength. God gives him direction. David makes the Lord his shepherd. God does everything else. When you make Jesus your shepherd, God takes care of everything else. When you say, Lord, you're in control. Lord, I follow you. Lord, I trust you. God takes care of all these other things. But I say more than just a one-time decision in your life, you need to make the Lord your shepherd every day. Sometimes we call, Paul said, I die daily. Sometimes we, we call it uh, surrendering to the Holy Spirit. We call it walking in the light. We call it abiding in Christ. I believe all of those are all basically the same thing, deciding every day and throughout the day, God, you're in control. You're my shepherd. I'm in your flock. doesn't mean you get saved every day. It means you're putting, listen, did days go by this past week where you did not remind yourself and recommit yourself that God's in control? So you were operating on the Lord's shepherdship left over from yesterday while you got up and went about your day without even acknowledging the Lord. We need to make the Lord our shepherd every day. Every day, remind ourselves and recommit ourselves, Lord, you're my shepherd. I follow you. And when you make the Lord your shepherd, he takes care of all those other things. He takes care of your provision. He takes care of your protection. He gives you strength. He directs you. He gives you victory. All these things. When you make the Lord your shepherd, you need to do that every day. Now, I ask you this morning before we go, we're ready to say goodbye here, but I ask you this morning, have you made the initial decision to make Jesus Christ your Savior? You have to make that first decision that I want the Lord to be the shepherd of my life, and you do that by admitting to yourself and to God that you have sinned against him. That's, that's why we know how to lie. It's why we know how to hate because we have a sinful, rebellious heart. If you could admit that and plead guilty and realize that there's no way to fix that, we can only turn from it and turn to Christ and say, I know I'm a sinner and I know that you died for my sins. I know my sins are already cared for because of the cross. And I want to take you as my savior. If you've never done that, I invite you to, Do that even right now as we bow for prayer. Let's pray together.